it's so it's easier to sit and listen to my husband speak than to get up here. <laughs> and I've gotten quite used to just sitting. And, I, and then when he asked me, it's like, oh, okay, <laughs> we can make this happen. But um, I, I, I'd given him a song, and we didn't play it, and that's okay. And the song was a song that um, was back in 1997, and he got saved in 1996, around that time. And it's good to reflect on the things that God has done for you. Amen. And to be able to remember it, you know, and, and not forget. So when you're going through something again, you, you can be like, okay, I remember you got us through that, so you're going to get us through this too. Amen. And and so it's, and uh, I just thank God because I heard that song and it brought so much joy to, to my heart. And it was just like, oh God, I remember. I remember that time. I remember how you pulled us through. I remember the hardship and thinking that I'm not going to get through this. But God. But God. And I know we all have many testimonies of things that we've gone through in the past. And he just gets us through it. And we can't forget the things that he's done for us. We have to reflect on them. We have to meditate on them. So I want to talk about praying without ceasing. We have to be praying. We have to be constantly praying to God. That's a part of being a believer and a follower of Christ. Um, Jesus prayed to the Father, and we must pray also to the Father. And we must pray without ceasing. First Thessalonians, let's turn there just to see it. Um, so you know I'm not just saying something out of my head. So 1 Thessalonians 5. In verse 17, we do 17 and 18. Thessalonians um, chapter 5, verse 17. Pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. In everything give thanks. No matter what you're going through, give thanks. And then pray without ceasing. There is something that you can be thankful about. No matter what you're going through, there's something that you can say, thank you, God. So you have to find that, and you have to meditate on that, and you have to be thankful to God. Let's turn to Job. Job chapter 2 verse 7 So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and struck Job with painful bores and the sore from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head and he took for him a pot shear from which to strape himself while he sat in the midst of the ashes So if you ever have like an itch and you can't get to it itch, it's painful <laughs> and he's in that position where he's very uncomfortable and then verse 9, then his wife said to him, Do you still hold fast to your integrity, your firm adherence to the code 
your moral values. Do you still hold fast to that? And here she's right beside him, and this is what she's saying to him. And then she turns and she said, curse God and die. Just cursing. Cursing and die. But he said to her, you speak as one of the foolish women speaks. Shall we indeed accept good from God? And shall we not accept adversity, a state, an instance of serious, continued difficulties of misfortune? Misfortune falls on all of us. But you're going to take the good, but you won't take the bad? When the bad come, you want to curse God? You're a foolish woman. You're foolish. You're foolish. You don't curse God. And so in all of this, Job did not sin with his lips. So he never spoke guile against God with his mouth, no matter what he went through. We all go through things. But to put our mouth on God, we shall not do, we should not do. Amen. We are to give thanks. Find something to be thankful for. You got a roof over your head. You got water to drink. You got food to eat. Find something to be thankful for. Because there's somebody else who doesn't have what you have. Amen? Amen. So we're going to be praying without ceasing. We can't waver in the faith, but we must stand steadfast in the Lord. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 25, you don't have to turn there. It says, brethren, pray for us. Pray for us. So I found that since we're going through stuff right now, I am saying, you know, pray for us. But I don't want to be selfish in my prayers. I ask the people to pray. So when I ask someone to pray, I'm praying for them. I reciprocate it. I go back and I say, you know what? I ask them for prayer. I'm going to lift them up in prayer. I'm going to be praying for them. We are called to pray for one another. We have to continuously be praying for one another. And it doesn't matter what church you go to. It's not about church. That's right. You, you got to get out of that mentality. You, you That's a small way of thinking. This is a universal church. This is the body of Christ. Amen. So you got to get out of that little small box. It's not about, it's the world. And you need to be praying for one another. I recently, uh, a friend, uh, like I hadn't seen her in 13 years, and I think my kids were like three, and she was helping me when my husband went to Iraq. And she just came up in my spirit. And it just came up. And I was like, oh. You know, and I said, I wonder how she's doing. And that's how my mind was going. It didn't go straight into prayer. It was just, I wonder how she's doing. I think her phone number is on the, in, my, in, in my dresser at the top. Because I think I had it there many years ago and I never moved it. So I tried to call her. And it went through. And then she called me back. And she said, Marshall, I've been thinking about you. I said, really? I've been thinking about you. We're in different churches. That's 13 years. And she's going through. Going through cancer. Never would have known. I tell her my story. And then she tells me her story. God allowed that time for us to kind of spend time together in words and talk and lift one another up. But when someone comes across your heart, pray for them. You have no clue what they're going through. You don't know. But pray. Just immediately go to prayer. Don't say, oh yeah, I remember them. Those were good old days. And go on about your business. No. They're in your heart and in your mind for a reason. So start lifting them up in prayer. 
When God places someone there, just move forward in praying for them. Because we all have a common enemy. We have a common enemy, guys. And that's why I, I, I do get frustrated with the church situation. I do get frustrated, well, you're okay as long as you go to church with us. When you don't go to church with us, well, we don't want anything else to do with you. Do we not serve the same God? Amen. What God are you serving? That makes no sense to me. Let's, let's turn here. Let's turn to, turn to Matthew 12. And you, being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, 
he has made alive together with him. So this is where we are, guys. It's not, it's not a church building. It is, this is the universal church that he's talking about. Having forgiven, all, forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that were against you, which was contrary to us. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, having disarmed principalities and powers, and made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. I'm in this kingdom, that he has triumphed over these principalities, that he's doing a mighty work, that he's taken the old person that we used to be and created something new in us, a kingdom that is not divided, not divided, a kingdom that is not divided. But we, as first um, Peter said, and we'll go there, we have to resist the devil. We have to resist the enemy. We can't show the enemy's nature with division. God is not divided. That's right. You can't behave like the devil and say you are part of God's kingdom. Amen. You have to put off that. You have to nail it to the cross. That's, right. That's the flesh. That's the old person. You are part of a new kingdom, the kingdom of God, Amen. the universal kingdom, where we care about one another, where we lift one another up in prayer, that we care about our brethren in the faith, because we have a common enemy together. We're not fighting one another. Amen? Amen. Amen. So let's go there. First Peter. Praise God. Hallelujah to his name. Thank you for all you've done for us, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Yes. We are thankful for what you've done, Lord God. Yes. We glory in it, God. You are a good God, and we thank you. We will have thanksgiving in our mouth no matter what we go through. We will praise your holy name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. So 1 Peter, we're going to go to chapter 5. And we're going to go to verse 6. Therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant. And I had vigilant written down, and I you know, we have to be aware that we are, there is an enemy that we have. So we need to, to be alert. We need to be aware of that. Um, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by their brotherhood in the world. But, but, May the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Amen? Amen. And, and verse 11, to him be glory and the dominion forever and ever. So we're talking forever and ever and ever. Not this temporal stuff that goes on, That's right. this little silly stuff that goes on on this earth. We're talking about eternal Eternal. That's right. The life to come. 
For this life is a vapor. You're here today and you're gone tomorrow. That's right. And don't say, I'm going to go do this, I'm going to go do that. God willing, you're going to do this Amen. and you're going to do that. Amen. Tomorrow's not promised to any of us. Not one of us. So do we have time to be bickering and fighting? No, we don't. Not in the body of Christ. What body are you in? Are you in the body of Christ? Amen. Maybe you are a pretender. Because if you're in the body of Christ, you recognize this life is fleeting and your focus is on the Heavenly Father and to look like Him. He said, imitate me. Be like me. Yeah. Amen? Amen. Amen? Amen. So some sufferings are in the brotherhood, in the world. The brotherhood. The world. People are going through things. I heard that you asked for prayer and it's like right on point. We don't know what people are going through in China, what they're going through in other countries, even in America. We don't know. So we're supposed to be praying for one another. Amen. Can you see the foolishness in when we just pray for people that we know within our church? Can you see the foolishness of that? And you don't understand that there's an enemy, a roaring lion that is trying to destroy us. So we have to be in a position of prayer constantly. Amen? Amen. So now that you understand the process, then you must understand the importance of prayer. The, the, the purpose that I wanted, like you needed to know that there is an enemy. <laughs> now you've got to understand that we need to be praying. Amen. And pray. And pray and trust God. Don't pray and worry. <laughs> now I'm guilty of that. I pray. And then I, I, I worry about it. <laughs> That's not what he's asking us to do. He wants us to pray, to trust him, to have a lifestyle of prayer, and pray without ceasing. Jesus commands us to pray always. Let's turn to Luke 21. I want to go here. Let's let's not turn there. Let's turn because I want to show you something. Let's look at um, Luke six. We might come back to that one. But this is a perfect example. You know, I, I, and you can kind of think about what would you do in this situation. So Luke six, and I don't know if I'm gonna uh, read all of it. Um, so. We can read it since it's so good. So Luke chapter 6, verse 6. Now it happened on another Sabbath also that he entered the synagogue and taught. And a man was there, and a man was there whose right hand was withered. So the scribes and the Pharisees watched him closely, whether he would heal on the Sabbath, that they might find accusation against him. But he knew their thoughts and said to the man who had the withered hand, Arise, stand here. And he, he arose and stood. Then Jesus said to him, I will ask you one thing. Is it lawful on the Sabbath day to do good or to do evil, to save life or to destroy it? And when he had looked around at them all, he said to the man, Stretch out your hand. And he did so. And his hand was restored as the whole as the other. But they were filled with rage. Now get that. They are filled with rage and disgust with one another what they might do to Jesus. They filled with rage because he just healed somebody. 
And remember I said traditions of men, we talked about that. So they're upset because someone just got healed. Now, if I did this, I would be like, oh God, I tried to do everything right for you and now they want to hurt me and oh, how could this happen to me? And But look at verse 12. What did Jesus do? Now it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. Pray about it. He didn't retaliate. He didn't complain about it. He didn't say, I healed somebody. How in the world could they be upset with me? I did the right thing. No, he went in prayer. He went in prayer and stayed in prayer. And then Matthew, um, you can write this one down, Matthew 14 and 23, the same thing. Like this situation, I would think, I, would, I personally would have been kind of low because how upsetting this is, instead of them glorifying God that somebody got healed, they went into rage and wanted to kill me. So, you know, okay. So he goes and he prays. Matthew 14 and 23, the same situation. He had fed like 5,000 men besides women and children. Um, and then after he's done all this great miraculous thing, Matthew 14 and 23, he says, send the multitudes away. And he went up to the mountaintop and went up on a mountain by himself to pray. He would separate often and go and pray. And go and be with the Father. Now, if Jesus Christ did it, how much more do we need to be separating ourselves and praying? That's right. How much more do we need to, to spend time with God? No matter what he did, highs and lows, you see him separating from everybody and getting away and having that alone time. In corporate prayer, there's a place for corporate prayer. Yes, we need to pray together. He said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. But you also have to have time individually with God praying. But you need to know how to pray. You, you, you need to, prayer can be dangerous when you don't know how to pray. And how do you pray? You pray according to the word of God. Outside of that, it's dangerous. In 2016, um, for President Obama, they sent out a prayer and whether you're Republican or you're Democrat, none, I don't really care about any of that, to be honest with you. But this prayer from Psalms 109.8, they took it from there, and it says, let his days be few, and let another have his office. And basically it was like, let his life be cut off. It was a prayer of death. Now, that's not according to the word of God. That is not according to the word of God. That's wrong. I don't care who it is. Because that is not what God calls us to do. He says pray for those in positions of authority. That's right. You can't mix and, and pick and choose when you want to grab a psalm and take it out of context and put it towards somebody. And then have everybody praying that. So that's praying, that, that, that's praying out of ignorance. That's just praying and, and you're not trying to help. Let me show you an example of that in the scripture too. And, and also to know, in Luke 6, 28, it says, Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who spitefully use you. 
So the scripture commands us to pray for people who do something to us. Not to curse them, to pray for them. Malicious, um, having a showing a desire to cause harm. So someone who's desiring to harm you, to do something to you, and use Jesus for an example. We just read it. He prayed over somebody, and they had rage and you ready to kill him. He goes off and go pray. It's right there. It's in the scripture. Don't be led by what the crowd does, but get in your word and follow what the scripture says. It's in the word. But people will use the scriptures and twist it for their benefits. And you can't do that. That's, that, that. You can't be praying a prayer of death for anyone. You're not supposed to be praying that. You pray for their salvation. You pray for them to come to know the Lord. You pray for the light to be opening their eyes, the blindings to be taken off, that they come to salvation. Amen? So turn to Luke 9. Luke chapter 9, verse 51. Luke chapter 9, 51. Now it came to pass when the time had come for him to be received up that he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem and sent messengers before his face. And as they went, they entered a village of the Samaritans to prepare for him. But they did not receive him because his face was set for the journey to Jerusalem. And when his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? Just as Elijah did. But he turned and rebuked them and said, You do not know what manner of spirit you are of. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's life, but to save them. And they went to another village. Right there with Jesus. And so the word itself rebuked them and gave them the word to explain to them what he's coming here to do. You cannot pray without studying your Bible. If you pray without studying your Bible, you are dangerous. You are dangerous. You could be praying something you have no business praying because you're ignorant in the Word of God. You have not studied it, so you don't know what you're supposed to be praying. You have to, you have to read your Word. It is your bread. It tells you what to do. He gives you direction. He gives you guidance in the Word on how to pray, when to pray, what you're supposed to be praying about. So you get someone that says, I just want to pray. I don't want to read the Bible. It's dangerous. <laughs> That's dangerous. Because yeah. what are you praying? What are you praying? Where do you get your instructions from? Where's your manual coming from? From your head? And what you thought, they, they thought they were right. James and John thought they were right. Let's just consume them. Let's burn them up. Let's, let's pray for Obama. Let, let him and his whole family, let them die. You don't know what spirit you are. That's not God's spirit. That's not, he didn't come here and just wipe us all out. Merciful. Pastor Rasan has been teaching us about Jonah in the Bible, how he goes to Nineveh. And, and, and he goes there, and he goes there, and he too was like, oh, just, I, I don't want to go and talk to them. But God is merciful. Read your Bible. 
God is long-suffering. He cares about all of us. He wants us all to come to repentance. He wants us. Testimony. That song I wanted to have played. When my husband got saved, I had been praying and praying and praying. And then he got saved. And then when he got saved, I became bitter and angry. It's like two years you put me through. Oh, I don't like you. <laughs> I'm angry with you. I'm so angry with you. So here he goes praising God. And here I'm sneering at him, looking at him like, oh, you can fall off the planet and I wouldn't care. <laughs> Just anger inside of me. Just anger. But my spirit wasn't right. And God is so gracious. Because during that time, I start running high fevers. It's like, why do I have a fever? High fevers, high fevers. And he's being just as gentle. Because when he got saved, he got saved. He was sweet. He was like, oh, you'll be all right. I'll pray for you. Oh, you don't pray for me. <laughs> you know, I don't need you to pray for me. <laughs> but I was like, okay, God, show me. Well, you can't receive forgiveness from me. And then you're going to hold somebody else in hostage. That's right. That's right. You can't do that. You can't hold him in hostage when I forgave you for all the stuff that you did, you need to make a choice. You know, if you can't forgive, you may be on this bed right here of affliction for a little bit. So you didn't have to talk to me long. Then I said, okay, God, I got it. <laughs> all right, I see. <laughs> You're doing a work in his life, and I thank you, and, and thank you. So when we pray, we're praying for God to do the work, kind of like how, you know, Jonah was. You know, you know, I hear you praying for someone to get saved, then they get saved, then you're angry. What sense does that make? You know, that's the flesh. It's just the flesh. That's all it was, just the flesh. But we have to study the word. We have to understand that all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable in teaching for reproof and correction and training. So that's 2 Timothy 3 and 16. You know, the scripture is there to help us, guide. It is there to guide us. And Matthew 4 and 4 says, But it is written, it is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. 2 Timothy 2 and 15. Do your best to present yourself to God as one proven. A worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. So we are required to read our Bible. You have to understand the sacrifices that have taken place so that we can have a Bible. People that have died so that we can have this book. The enemy would want us to be ignorant, to want us to pray amiss, to be praying but not according to the way God wants us to pray. That's his desire. Pray, 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 but you're praying wrong. You're saying stuff you have no business saying out of your mouth. You would never know it unless you studied your word. And if you need help with understanding it, he will give it to you. Amen. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. He will explain it to you. He will show you. Psalms of, of 119.105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Your word. Your word. So you have to have that word to guide us. You get flaky. 
when you don't have the word. It doesn't ground you. You just float on. <laughs> and you don't want to be like that. You don't want to float. You don't want to, I, I would say, like friendly fire. You don't want to hurt someone and you don't mean to hurt them. And you're hurting them out of ignorance because you don't know the word. So you, 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 you need to get in the scriptures and know, how do, you, how do you want us to do this thing? Well, let me show you. Let's go to Mark 12 and 40. Let me read just that one part. Because he's given us an example. The manual is here. And you know, you get a new car, you get a new something. I don't like reading the manuals. I don't. Um, I prefer to try to figure it out. And you know, when you try to figure it out, you make mistakes. You don't know how to turn on things in the car and you get frustrated and then finally you figure it out. Oh, that's how that works. But how long does it take? That's why they wrote this. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it takes a while. So it would do better just to pick up your Bible, find that time to start, you know, reading. So it says Mark 12 and 40. I should go up. I'm going to go up to 38. Then he said to them in his teaching, Beware of the scribes who desire to go around in long robes, love greetings in the marketplace. Hey, how you doing? Good to see you. The best seats in the synagogue. I'm going to sit up front. The best place at the feast who devour widows' houses and for a pretense make long prayers. So pretense here is for a false show. So they're doing it to pretend. But it's not from their heart. For pretense make long prayers. These will receive greater condemnation. So when you're doing something and it's not true and it's not really in your heart and you just up doing something, there's a condemnation for that. There's a price that's going to be paid for that. So when you do pray, pray from your heart. I pray and pray according to the word. Don't get up and do something for a false show. To be seen of men. You have your reward. But also condemnation should come upon you. And you don't want that. Amen? Amen. And it's sitting right there in the word. And let's go to Matthew 6. Place, and your father, who sees in secret, will reward you openly. 
And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathens do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for the Father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. In this manner, therefore, pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debtors, and forgive us our debtors, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. He teaches us how to pray. He puts it right there for us. He has it set up for us. And we have to care. Care for one another. Care for the body of Christ. Pray for one another. Pray always with prayer and supplication for all saints. That's Ephesians 6 and 18. Praying always for all prayer and supplications for the saints. We're supposed to be praying for one another. We're supposed to lift up one another in prayer. In my last scripture, I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 25. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 25. That there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. You guys got that? For there should be no schism in the body, but the members should have the same care for one another. Doesn't it say same care for the one you go to church with? Members of the body. We should have care for one another. That's right. And, and I, I, I honestly question if you don't have care for a member of the body and you just care for those of your church, whether or not you in the body. I question, because that shouldn't even be a, we are part of the universal church. Amen? Amen? And it says here, and if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Yes. And if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Yes. So we lift up one another in the body. That's the body of Christ. Not the church that people are talking about, but the universal body, the body of Christ, God's church. Yes. Which it doesn't mean the address that you go to. All right. <laughs> it has nothing to do with that. Amen. Nothing to do with that. Yes. So if you see somebody hurting, I don't care if they're in Africa, if they're in down the street from you, and they I don't you know you 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 care for them. As the scripture has said, you lift them up in prayer. Yes. You don't concern yourself about where they're going. You pray for them. Amen. Amen. Yes. Amen. And praise God, that is all. Amen. <laughs> God be the glory. Yes. Thank you guys for your time, your attentiveness. And I, I pray you receive something. Amen. Amen. <laughs>